0: This podcast is brought to you by LineUpMedia.fm.
1: Welcome to the Circuit of Success, and thank you for joining me. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait, but I believe the opposite. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude, a great belief system, and action every single day. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline and most importantly a vision that's when greatness happens. Now let's dive right in to this week's guest. Welcome to the Circuit of Success podcast. I'm your host <laughs> Brett Gilliland and today we have a person that you all will be absolutely fired up by the end of this show and uh, her name is Terry Grieg. How are you Terry?
0: I'm doing great. Thank Good. you.
1: Well it's uh, great to have you and uh, really appreciate you letting me come to the house today and have a great conversation with you. I'm a I'm, uh, been inspired by you from afar, so you don't know that, but just your story and your message and your, uh, your your hope that you give all of us is amazing, so I'm looking forward to our listeners who haven't heard your story, uh, hear it today, but let me paint the story for everybody that's listening, um, and Terry was a person that was doing marathons and ultra-endurance type stuff, and, and she decided to do the uh, Ironman in Louisville in 2008. And uh, believe this or not, she missed qualifying for the world championships by five minutes. So, one, that you even did it. But number two, that you uh, missed it by five minutes. And then, so, you know, she continued to train and she did the 2009 Ironman and she was 10 minutes slower and felt something was wrong. And so, once you fill our listeners in, then kind of what that defining moment was in your life, Terry.
0: Okay, be happy to. First of all, um, I just want to make sure that the listeners really understand what an Ironman is. So an Ironman is a triathlon. A triathlon is three sports, uh, swim, bike, run. There's four standard distances, a sprint, Olympic, half Ironman, and full Ironman. And as you would think, the Ironman being the longest distance of them all. It's a one-day event, uh, 2.4-mile open-water swim, 112-mile bike, and then a marathon, 26.2-mile run, And I'll have people say, you mean you do one of those a day, right? And I'm like, no, no, all in one day. No, in one setting, right. So uh, I had watched uh, the Ironman World Championship on TV. It's on usually in December, about an hour and a half program of this, you know, one day, probably the most difficult one day endurance event in the world. And I thought, gosh, I think I want to do that. So as you said, in 08, I I attempted and I finished one in, in Louisville and came close to qualifying for that world championship and wanted to go back in 09 and try again. When I was training that summer, um, I, I just I just felt sluggish and had some other symptoms going and um, I thought after the race, I'll get you know things checked out. I crossed the finish line, like you said, I was 10 minutes slower than the year before. I think our bodies are just absolutely amazing machines, instruments, yeah. whatever. Um, and so I did, I called my friend's husband was a gastroenterologist and I told him the symptoms I had been having, um, about a week and a half later, he took me in for a colonoscopy. So two weeks post completing this Ironman, uh, woke up from that test and he walks in and tells me I have colorectal cancer. So that was a very defining moment. And then I went from there over and had scans. And then I received the phone call that night that um, not only did I have colorectal cancer, but that it had already metastasized to my liver, which put me um, in the category of stage four, uh, the most advanced. And um, I had looked up on the internet kind of in the middle of the day, something I don't recommend anybody That's does. A bad idea. Right? <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> And at that time, this was in 2009, uh, the five-year survival rate was 6%. And this is really when my life uh, took on a whole new meaning or a course, really, new action. I like to say um, that um, when you hear the words you have cancer, you've you've really entered the greatest race of your life. And so since then, um, you know, as they can kind of say, the rest is history. But what else would you like to know?
1: Yeah, well... So one thing I know Joe Buck said about you was that you have uh, an attitude and this desire to win that's going to make miracles happen. And so I would say that you've done that, right? And so we'll we'll dive into the kind of the mental side of what it takes to train for an Ironman because I did not do it justice earlier, but how amazing it is just to do that. But then what you did with stage four cancer and you still trained and you still did one. But let's talk first about, because the circuit of success starts with attitude. So when you hear the word attitude, what comes to mind for you?
0: Oh, make it or break it. I mean, I think attitude is, is everything. Um, I believe that we wake up in the morning and we have a choice. We have a choice to make it a good day or a bad day. It all depends on your attitude. And I believe in an attitude of gratitude. And that's how I live my life. So when
1: you think of that attitude of gratitude, one, our listeners are going to say, I think that Brett just stole that from you because I literally say that in almost every show. Oh, you're kidding. No, every day (laughs) you wake up, you have a choice. You can have a good attitude or a bad attitude, right? And so then we choose to have a good attitude. Mm -hmm. Then there's that little thing that talks about rejection on the circuit of success, and I'll show you that later. But um, that rejection tries to get us to not have a good attitude, right? So then it comes back to your beliefs. So when you think about your life and, and to your core What are some of the things that you believe every single day that you have to do to be successful?
0: Well, number one, the day is 24 hours, so it doesn't start just when you wake up. It's in preparation of going to sleep. For me, it's saying my prayers. It's going to bed with um, a a good conscience, a clear conscience, knowing, maybe reviewing the day, knowing where I've done uh, well and made an impact and done some good and maybe some things I can do better. Um, and then it's waking up in the morning and uh, putting both feet on the ground and reminding myself that, you know, everybody puts on their underwear the same way. Right. Not, and, and walking through and, and deciding, okay, what can I do today? How can I be of service? What's, what's in front of me? And to make the decision to do it the best way that I can. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying I'm perfect or anything like that. I mean, ask my husband or my kids, and they'll, <laughs> they'll be happy to tell you. But I do know that um, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. And um, so I really believe in living you know, your best day today. Yeah.
1: So when you were having the dark days, and, and we all have dark mm-hmm. days, and yours it was because of cancer. But when we talk today, I want our listeners to understand that it's not just about cancer. Whatever's going on in your world, if it's financial stress or work stress or cancer or whatever it may be, uh, use that lens to look at it. But the days that you don't want to put the two feet on the ground, and you want to stay under the covers, how did you battle through those days to get up and make
0: things happen? Well, first of all, and and I'm not—I don't know how familiar you are with my story prior to being diagnosed with cancer, but um, I am a recovering alcoholic too, and um, I'm proud of the way I've handled my cancer journey. But um, really, my struggle with alcoholism. I'm, I'm even more proud of where I've been able to come to today and what I've been able to, you know, to do. And I've taken those tools and applied them to cancer and how to walk through that journey. And as you said, no matter what, you know, to me, cancer is just an adversity. And whatever our adversity is in life, it can be depression. It can be financial. whatever Whatever it is, the tools that you have, for me, it happens to be the 12 steps or, you know, those are the things that have allowed me to um, to manage my life on a on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. So that what was that grind like for you then? Getting up and whether it was the alcoholism or the cancer. I mean, what what would you say to our listeners that are struggling right now and and even those that aren't struggling? <clears throat> you know, there's still days. I mean, I love my life. We were just talking about it before mm-hmm. we started recording, right? How blessed we are, uh, both of us. But there's still days you don't want to to make things happen. What would you tell them?
0: So, f- first of all. Uh, I think I'm not going this alone. So it has a lot to do with faith and then family and friends. And I've surrounded myself with people. And so if I am unclear, if if I'm really starting to uh, slow down, um, get blue, kind of depressed, that type of thing, I might not always be able to recognize it or I I don't see it maybe as quickly as others, but, but they can call me on it. And then I know I can't expect myself, you know, me to be able to do everything on my own. And one of the biggest lessons that I've learned through all this is that I, I have to be humble and I have to ask for help. You might think, I I, I thought, okay, well, I'm now I'll ask for help. But then on the flip side of that, once you ask for help, you the second part is you absolutely have to be open to receiving it. I, I just think it's important to realize that we can't go this alone. We we need people around us, um, and we have to ask for help. We have to allow people to help us. And if I get so deep down, I'm very I am fortunate. I mean, I have those around me that will call me on it, that will get help for me, that and and they've had to. I mean, there were. After I had uh, my huge surgery, of a colon and liver resection, I was so down. Um, I mean, my family literally had to lift me up and get me help. And it, but but I came through it. Yeah.
1: So when so I guess that's that's a great point. I mean, you, you gotta have the team. You gotta have the people that lift you up. I mean, what would you say was the purpose for you at the end? So you you knew there's this mm-hmm. there's this way that you could go right. Mm-hmm. Bad things can happen. Right. Or I can choose, and I've heard your husband say this, that we just chose to take it head-on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you chose to take it head-on, and so you chose to take the cancer and just beat the tar out of it, right? So how do you do that? How do you flip the mind to say, okay, this is all negative. I get it. The doctors saying bad stuff, but I'm going to switch to the positive.
0: Well, I don't think you—so I, 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 I heard a, I heard a message at church one Sunday and, and this really resonated with me, and it had to do with, with faith. And, and it was compared to um, the way people wake up in the morning. Like some people set the alarm. Let's say you set the alarm at 7 o'clock in the morning, and right. it goes off, and boom, you're, you're up and out of bed and ready to start your day. And then there are other people that set their alarm for 7 o'clock and they hit the snooze button, and then they hit the snooze button. and then, But eventually they get up and get going. And so for me, it's not like flipping a switch. It's something that I constantly have to work at. It doesn't come – I'm not one of these people where things really come easy. But uh, for some reason, I do have that – Willingness to, to persevere, to keep trying, to be uh, methodical about it, to think it out, to maybe hire a coach, um, have a plan, set some goals. And then the other reason, uh, I think, with especially with the cancer was, uh, my sister was diagnosed two weeks after me with stage 3 colon cancer. And it was like, okay, knock me over. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is, uh, I need to talk about this. I need to come through this. I need to be the example. We need to educate the public. Because if this can happen to me, this can happen to my sister. If this can happen to our family, this can happen to anybody. So I had a really firm reason to stand up to this and look at it and dive on it straight on. You have to find your reason. You have to find your why. Yeah. So did you, yeah, I I agree with that. When you find your why anyhow is possible, Mm -hmm. right? And so When you found
1: that why and, and it was to to save lives and do the things that you're doing today, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but that's still that that battle is is tough right every single day so would you say was there was there meditation was it journaling was it goal setting that I want to get out of bed I mean what was it
0: well I'm not a, I don't meditate I tell everybody that's why I run because <laughs> <'cause laughs> I am not one to, to sit down and meditate um, okay so I'm going to be really be honest here um, I take an antidepressant so I I mean I had to figure out that that's what it needed I was missing some chemical imbalance within me too Uh, so that's one thing I had to do Uh, number two I sought counseling and sometimes I have to go back um, and get things you know better straightened out in my mind or whatever I had a counselor tell me one time listen uh, Terry everybody has skeletons in their closets And it's just a matter of how you hang them up. And so I think about that, and I think, gosh, you know, maybe there's an arm loose on that one skeleton or this. And you got to go back and rework it and kind of get things. So um, so those are, you know, two or three other things that help.
1: But I think that's the key is that, that you know, that for the listeners and, and for myself here listening is most, some people would say going to a counselor or taking that little magic pill is, is, is weak, but it's the complete opposite, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually extremely strong that you're able to do that, that you went and got help, that you paid for help. Cause some people were like, Oh, that's too expensive. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do it. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need help. Right. I've got it all figured out. I can do this. So I think that's the message right there too is, to know you need help right and so you know this as a triathlete whether you're a triathlete a golfer you're you're michael phelps a swimmer i mean he had like what two or three coaches right i mean so you got to have those people in your corner Mm -hmm. so so i think that's a big deal and i think that's a great message so um so gosh your sister was diagnosed i think i read somewhere even like your nieces there's all some of that pre-cancer stuff so tell us when you hear the word pre-screening in your world what's that mean to Mm -hmm. you
0: so, I mean, I, I, of course, I'm big on colon cancer. I'm big on exercise. I'm big on health um, in general. And so people are like, well, what do you eat? Uh, diet is totally my my weak link. But uh, when I, I think of screening, I think of taking care of your body. And for colon cancer, I, because I feel like, gosh, if I can take two minutes and talk about this on your podcast and however many... Uh, People will be listening to this. One in 18 are diagnosed with colon cancer. There's definitely a hereditary link. Um, if you get screening at age 50, um, which is a colonoscopy, uh, the whole thing about colon cancer is it, that it's preventable, it's beatable, and it's treatable. So screening is key. And if you have a family history, people need to talk about this. It's the one cancer nobody wants to talk about. So if you uh, find out you have a family history, you need to get screened much earlier. Uh, In our family, um, so I was diagnosed at 48. It wasn't like I had missed my screening period at 50. Uh, My sisters were in their early 60s. They had not had their colonoscopies, and so they were told to go right away and get them. My other sister had precancerous polyps. Um, Three of my four nieces in their 30s and early 40s at the time uh, had colonoscopies and they had precancerous polyps. And so I think, um, whether it's breast cancer, what, whatever type screening saves lives. And we need to let people know that.
1: Yeah. So I know also you've talked about, you're not Superwoman and you're no different than the rest of us, but you made a decision about your diagnosis. And, and so again, whether that's cancer, it's stress, it's financial stress, whatever it is, I mean, what's that process like? Uh, again, I'm going to keep harping on that, but that process of, of going through the battle every single day, but then coming out on top, what's that feel like, right? So now, uh, I don't know what your health is like today, but, but it's, you know, how long ago was that? How many years ago?
0: Uh, seven and a half. So seven and a half years Almost ago, eight. right? So mm-hmm.
1: obviously prayers every day and all that stuff and exercise and eat, right? So what is it like now to, you know, you had a 6% chance to live uh, two years, so what do you, what's your feeling now? And I put in my notes here, you know, to be, and I'm using air quotes in the moment. I mean, do you find yourself being in the moment more now because of what has happened in your past?
0: So, so I, I do think it's important that the listeners know that I'm still in the fight against cancer. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I, I have stage four, the cancer will, I guess with immunotherapies, possibly down the road, I could be considered cancer free. I'm not I've been on uh, chemotherapy now for seven and a half years now I'm on maintenance. so one week on, one week off. So this is very much a part of my everyday life, the side effects, all those types of things. Um, that being said, uh, I you know it forced me to look at this bucket list mm-hmm. to sit down and, and write up a bucket list. So I, I initially I had three things on there. Uh, then I, you know, have added more. And honestly, I've, I've burned through them. I've gotten them accomplished and done. And I'm, I'm proud of that. Uh, and what I have found today is that, um, it may sound corny, but for me, really, the secret for living is giving. And to get outside of my problems, to get outside of this, you know, cancer, what the alcohol, whatever it may be, the, the, the darkness, um, if I do something for somebody else, I feel so much better. And so if I live outside of myself and, and give, um, I've just found that that's just totally the best thing ever.
1: And she's not just saying that either, because before we even started recording and she heard about Swing for Hope, then she's already thinking, what can she do to help, mm-hmm. right? What can I do? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What can I do to give back? Well, that's great. So you talked about your bucket list, and uh, I know, I, I think maybe I heard you say this one time at a, at a speech, but you you had this uh, marathon goal so tell us about that i'm just fascinated by that and think it's really cool
0: so um i guess are you referring to the six major marathons yes. yeah okay um so uh, there's six world major marathons and i had done two i had run boston and chicago and then i was diagnosed and uh, somewhere along the way i heard about this at the time it was five major marathons boston chicago new york london and um Berlin, And so I decided that would be on my bucket list to complete all five of those, which after I was diagnosed, I did do New York. My husband said, I'll run the last one with you, which is hmm. London. And so we go to London um, a couple years ago to run it. And about six months before that, I said, you know, honey, I think they've added a sixth major. And he said, oh, you're kidding me. And I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. And he thought I was really yanking yeah. his chain, you know. Right, right. And so we get to the expo at, to, at London, and he's never run a marathon. And we joke that he only runs them internationally. Because, <laughs> but uh, we get to the London expo, and there it is—the big announcement of um, of Tokyo, the sixth oh, major. Wow. So he ran Tokyo with, and so that was kind of my six major marathons. You've done all. I have, I have, and I feel blessed. And I, I, my the other thing on my bucket list was to do the World Championship in Kona hawaii uh the iron man and so i sent my story into iron man and they chose me to be an inspirational athlete for that and that was we can talk about that and then i a- uh, yeah. also uh did the world uh championship half iron man so i don't know how many people have completed the six majors in those two world championships but um you know feels gotta be less than
1: a handful of people i would say i don't know about <laughs>
0: that but it did incredible experiences yeah. incredible which was your favorite one Oh, the finish line at Kona was, yeah. that, that's the moment. And for those that don't know the
1: triathlon world, that is, I mean, that's like the masters for golf, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, it's the biggest of the biggest. And so tell us about that. So you take your family, I think it was, wasn't your mom with you? Your mom, husband, kids? Uh,
0: 35. 35 yeah, people friend, with friends you. Friends and family, yeah. I call, I call, so when I was diagnosed, I thought, I, I knew I couldn't do this alone, and so um, I formed an army, I called it Terry's Troops, and uh, so I always say 35 um, of Terry's army came with me. And actually, uh, when I got to Kona, I wanted everybody to have the same t-shirts on, and I wanted something to be of meaning on the t-shirts. And uh, that's when I came up with the mantra, my motto, Powered by Hope. And uh, since then, hope has become an acronym of how ordinary people endure. Mm. And it's just been a whole nother... um, part of my story but uh yeah so I got to Kona and uh, not not alone uh had tons of people train with me and coach me and um and that day um I bet I didn't even you know it was 140.6 miles and I don't think I got maybe every 10 miles I saw I saw somebody I knew and they wow. were there to you know carry me through yeah so that's phenomenal
1: so tell us about that so regardless if you're uh battling cancer and doing the things you were doing i mean just to do an iron man is unbelievable so what was that training like so you got the swimming and it's what two and a half miles mm-hmm, you got mm-hmm. the biking that was a uh, 112 112 miles and then a full marathon mm-hmm. all in one setting so what's that training like what's your schedule like what's your life like you got to have a husband that understands uh, i mean all that stuff what's it like
0: so first i I think you have to be fully committed to this, and you do need. You mentioned my husband and family, and and you. I mean, you have to you have to make sure that you have the time, and you have to have everybody on board to be successful. And I think you you know, with as with anything, you have to decide how uh, how successful you you know is your goal to just cross the finish line. Is your goal a particular time? and that type of thing. So um, I you know, I worked through all of that. Um, I did have a coach that wrote me a program, and then I was very dedicated to following everything that he told me to do every mile of that program. And I, I asked people to ride with me. I asked people to run with me. Um, I, I did a lot of the swimming on my own, but um, I loved it. And I realized that I was so fortunate to be able to have this opportunity and to be able to physically uh, train, looking back now, I'm like, how did I really do all that, especially on chemo? Because I did all this training while, while on chemo and, and racing, and um, yeah, it's. But at the time, it's kind of like you know, giving birth. Like you don't really realize what you're doing until it's, you know maybe a year later, and you're like, wow, yeah. I mean, so it was. It was just um, was. Yeah, dedication, perseverance, determination, bullheadedness—all uh, you know, all of the above.
1: Yeah, I think the common theme here that we're continuing to hear is—is is team, discipline, mm-hmm. courage, right? All those things come to mind, and I just think it's phenomenal. So, when you when you look at the word success, I always say that success is there's all different definitions, right? I don't have one definition of success. In fact, my definition is the person I'm setting in front of. Whatever their definition of success is, that's my definition of success at that moment, right? And be in the moment with them. But when you hear the word success, how do you define it? What's it mean to you?
0: Well, it's, you know, I always say life is is an inside job. So for me, success is, uh, and one thing that comes to mind in success is when my insides match my outside. Because I believe, I mean, we can always put on a, a front. We can... You know buy an expensive dress and put on pretty shoes and carry this but uh, you know if, if my insides and my outsides are, are consistent um, to me that that's personal success
1: I'm stalling here because I'm writing that down when my uh, success is when my insides match my outsides it's mm-hmm. uh, a very profound way to look at it I like it um, so when you look at uh, your activities today I mean what's what's life today look like for you? you get out of bed what are the two, three, four things you need to do every single day?
0: I have some readings that I do in the morning just to remind me really who I am and why I'm here and who's really in charge, right. uh, not me. And uh, I, then I plan out, uh, I always try and do some form of exercise every day. And and I also try and give back somehow each day. So those are kind of my three disciplines that, that I do. And I... Um, So my mom's 93, I call her every morning, check in on her, and I talk to my husband probably twice a day, and depending on it, a lot of times I do some type of work with my foundation, whether it's answering emails, you know, a couple hours spending doing that, or if it's out meeting with people, I spend a lot of time meeting with other cancer uh, survivors and fighters. And then a part of our foundation really is about spreading hope. Uh, the foundation is powered by hope, and what we have done is we have medals um, that we are symbols of hope, uh, because when I said earlier that when I heard the words I had cancer, I'd entered the greatest m- race of my life. And I wanted to give, figure out a way to give people a symbol of hope, to give them inspired, to share my story, because I kept hearing, gosh, um, you know, if you can do it, I can do it. Uh, So I meet with people, I go into treatment centers, um, onto oncology floors, all those types of things, and give out uh, Medals of Hope and Coin of Courage and remind people basically what we're talking about today, you know, one day at a time, you're not alone, this can be done. And for me, uh, hope is, it's not about that cure for cancer, of course we want that, and that's the greatest hope of all, right? Right. But hope is how, how can we make the best of today? How can we live our best life today? What What is that for you? And how can I help support you with that?
1: So, when you look at your bucket list now, what's next? What's next on the experiences of Terry's life?
0: I, I'm embarrassed to say, but I don't really have anything uh, striking <laughs> well, you've on there. We've done it all over the world. I am going to. Um, well, my kid, one thing on my original bucket list was uh, to, to live long enough to see my kids get married, and that's my. my we laugh because yeah. that, that you know that's my dream for them, and th- no, neither of them are married. So, <laughs> so that's one thing that that will you know remain on there for.
1: Well, you might yes, yeah, so that may just they may never get married. That's just right. because of that. Right? Exactly, yeah. exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. But I am going to go do. I I haven't climbed any any mountains, uh, and so I am going to go the end of. July for a colon cancer uh, organization and raise money and climb. Um, I believe I, I can either do one or three fourteeners out in oh, Colorado. Wow. So that's something that's on my bucket yeah. list to stay well enough to do that and and you know just be present with yeah. like you said whoever I'm with.
1: So what do you um, what are you passionate about right now that you wish you had more time to do?
0: Right now I'm really passionate about uh, just. Supporting others in my foundation powered by hope uh, and uh, raising money actually, you know raising money for cancer research also so we powered by hope is really a three-pillared three-tiered. Uh, we have our, our community aspect where we have put teams up for let's say Pedal the Cause which is a ride here in St. Louis that raises money for for Siteman and Children's Hospital and cancer research. Uh, we have I have a meetup group, support group that we do, and then we do outreach through uh, serving dinners at like Ronald McDonald House and Hope Lodge, and just community activities. Uh, then we have our um, inspirational part of it, where we go in and give the medals and the coins of courage. And I have ambassadors of hope that are out there all the time, just helping and encouraging others. And then we also have a recognition program under that, where we um, we recognize those healthcare workers that work with the oncology population and we call them champions um powered by hope champion award is what we give out and those that's for those that really just go above and beyond um, what their work has called them to do and following our our mission of giving hope strength uh, support and education to oncology patients so um that's that's my biggest passion right sure. now
1: sure and then when you look at um, your, your kind of your game changer, if you will, I mean, what, what's something that's out there today that if you knew you
0: couldn't fail, what would you do? Jump out of an airplane. That's the second time <laughs> I've heard
1: that. I think that's a genius answer because then you're not failing, right? So oh, you yeah. get that rush, but you're, the bad things aren't going to happen, so that's good. That's really good. I'm not
0: sure I can. That's why I say that because yeah. I'm like, I don't, I just don't know if I could take that leap.
1: I don't think I could do it. <sighs> I got to pass out first. Uh Uh (laughs) So tell us about your book. So your book powered by hope. um, Mm -hmm. Tell us about that.
0: So it's really the, the sub it's powered by hope. The subtitle is um, everybody has a dream. Everybody has a cancer, which is an adversity. And it just kind of walks through, you know, how I have hopefully gracefully maneuvered through this, uh, this journey. And, um, I don't know, the feedback's been really positive. I just, I mean, I just put it all out there. I have, I, I got nothing to hide. Right. So, um, it, yeah, I hope people want to read it. disease, isn't it? it all of it. Yeah. Life is, life, I mean, yeah. you know, but yeah, so. So if you look
1: back and you could go have a conversation with the, the 38-year-old or the 40-year-old or the
0: 25-year-old Terry, what are you telling Terry. Wow, I, I, that's easy for me to say. Somehow, some way, everything's gonna be all right. Hmm.
1: That's a big deal. So why? why what, so you say that? What,
0: tell me more about that. I think I never really realized uh, what. I, I think I, you know, maybe it was the alcoholism, maybe it was the personality, or what. But I always had this feeling of discontent internal discontent and I think you know I tried to medicate that I had to keep it and and I see that in I think in our young people today in that too and I, I wish it's I it's almost like a grace that I wish I could just put in a little box and wrap it up and hand it to somebody and that peace that that grace yeah. that gift and um, and you can't I mean you can be an instrument you can be an example but, um, yeah, know, it's, it's a lot about surrendering and admitting and accepting all of that, too. So, um, yeah, but everything is really going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Well, that's mm-hmm.
1: great. I think you're going to agree with this then based on that. But we talk about this with almost every guest is in our mind, we put these fears, right? We have these fears of this is going to happen to my business or this is going to happen to my life or my family or whatever it may be. But how many of the fears do we put in our mind actually come true to the magnitude that we put them in our mind to be?
0: Probably none. No. (laughs) Zero.
1: Yeah. So even the stuff you've been through, the alcoholism, the cancer, the the, I can't finish a triathlon. I mean, it's not like you just woke up one day and and always believe you're going to finish it. I mean, that's the hardest endurance race in the world. And there's the fear, right? But you have to tell that fear to be quiet. Yeah.
0: I've heard the saying, you know, where there's fear, there's no faith. Um, and, and I'm at maybe you know, maybe it's a different word for fear because I think, I think you can have faith in some uh, discontent at, at, the same, at the same time. I, I think you need a little bit of that to, to, to drive yourself and to keep yourself going. But um, I will say that through the adversities, through the cancer, through the alcoholism, um, I, I will never say that I am grateful for those diseases or for the adversity that i've had in my life but i will say with all of my heart that i am grateful for the blessings that these opportunities have brought me
1: lots of learning
0: mm-hmm.
1: lots of learning well and, and you're giving back to people so you're taking that learning and just multiplying it 10x around the world so thank you for what you do for that so if i give you uh, 10 million dollars I'm going to tell you, you cannot give it to cancer. So that's going to be the one rule. You can't give it to charity, and you can't like just do normal investments. What are you doing with ten million bucks?
0: Seriously? Yeah.
1: Because I know what you're going to say. You're going to impact the cancer world, right? So we always got to take that away from you.
0: At first, I would take care of my family um, because I've I've always you know I've always believed that family first. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't really give beyond if you're not giving at home and making yourself present at home, and then. I believe in education, and I would love to give as many people as possible uh, the opportunity to, to further their education or uh, get some good schooling. And I, You know, I think about clean water. I think about—I um, would want to do—honestly, I would want to stay close to home right here in St. Mm-hmm. Louis and um, hopefully make a difference up in North County or Ferguson, where we've had yeah. this unrest. And I I don't know, I don't think just giving money is the answer. I would, you know, hopefully find people that could really and support them, and because they would know how to hopefully take care of this. We've got to. I mean, it's Saint, I love our city. I do too. I love our city.
1: Yeah, and we've got a you know, a black eye, and right now we're just trying to recover and and get through that. So it's people like yourself that are going to make a difference, and and I believe that our city will do that, Mm -hmm. and so uh. Uh, it's a great city to be to live in and raise a family in. So, so last few questions. So you're going to be stranded on an island, and you can take two things with you. What are you taking?
0: <laughs> so if I was going to be truthful, I would take a uh, Diet Pepsi and, <laughs> and a candy bar. Exactly. Uh, my husband. Yeah. I take I would take my husband and there my kids. Go. That's, good. that's mm-hmm.
1: good. I asked my kids that and they said their iPhone and then the other one said, and my charger, so it won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, that's good. I it's didn't a- think about the charger. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. So um where can our listeners find more of you? So we you know we get asked the questions all the time and, and I've seen Terry speak and, and she does a phenomenal job and so any of those businesses that are out there that are looking for an inspirational speaker somebody that can be a game changer for your business. Where can our listeners find more of Terry?
0: So T E R I G R I E G E. T-E-R-I-G-R-I-E-G-E.com is my uh, is my business website. And then our foundation website is org. And then I have a Facebook page and Twitter and all those social all media stuff. things we have to do today. Uh, and then, you know, please uh, order my book, Powered by Hope, on Amazon. But um, just appreciate the opportunity to share my story absolutely. today and
1: my last question is did you envision your success or are you surprised
0: oh by it? totally shocked absolutely and I, I mean i can't take any credit for it it's not I mean, you could ask my friends especially from high school they would just die laughing like no way <laughs> right. i'm like way yeah that's no. me it's oh, what i'm doing <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly well, i am
1: uh, just uh grateful that you spent time with us today on the circuit of success and so uh, thanks for being with us thanks for being with our listeners and telling your story because it's an inspirational story and and for our listeners you're gonna you're gonna see on the circuit of success website uh, her youtube video and uh, we'll, we'll put it out on social media as well and, and a link to find the book and, and find her online so terry i really appreciate you being Thank here you. and uh, it's great seeing you